1: Well I am so excited. Boy, do we have a miracle story today. I'm so excited to introduce you to my special guest, my friend who's also my role model because she has walked a journey of faith and courage with her beautiful daughter and I just can't wait for you to hear all about it. So April Barber is going to share with us her inspiring story. So April, take it away. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure, thank you, Kristen. Um you're amazing.
0: You're such a sweetheart. So um, it has been 10 years of crazy. And so I'm going to start at the beginning. So you guys get an idea of, you know, what life has been like. So um, maybe like many of you, um, we wanted to have a baby and it took quite a long time for us to conceive. So once we finally could, um, there was a huge celebration that happened. It was one of those things where everyone around me was like, guess what? we're expecting a baby. And I'm like, yay. And our time didn't come. So if you've ever experienced that, that was part of our journey. Um, and then nine months ish later, um, our beautiful daughter, um, my water broke and we had a beautiful home birth planned. Um, but God had another idea. So let's just say several days later, (laughs) I labored for quite a long time. And, um, I got to nine and a half centimeters and I couldn't progress any further because God knew that I needed to give birth in a hospital. And so we transferred to a hospital and my beautiful daughter was born. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Not the way I wanted, but God had a better plan because that hospital was the very first hospital in our area to, hmm, to do something called a pulse ox pulse oximeter, where they checked the oxygen saturations of the newborns. They were leading the way. And that simple little device is what saved my daughter's life. If I'd given birth at home, she would have died. If they didn't have that, she would have probably died as well. And so 24 hours after she was born, she was transferred to a level one trauma center, where about a week later, she had her first open heart surgery. Um, As time went on, we experienced lots of ups and downs. Um, and about hmm, her first year of life, she probably had almost 10 procedures. Um, to date, it's probably about 40. And um, so she was a little over a year old and she started failing. And God led us to a new cardiologist, and we had to make a decision. Were we gonna stay in our comfort zone and hang out here? Or were we going to travel several hundred miles with five hundred dollars to our name to take our daughter to the number one cardiac center in the world? What do you do? <laughs> right. Um, so we decided, you know what, we're going to do that. And so we packed up our car um, and knew that we might not come back to our home. That might not be there when we returned. And we we traveled. um hundreds of miles to this new location where we weren't even sure they could help us. And when we arrived, um, they did more procedures on our daughter and we found out that she was a candidate for a repair that would basically put her heart back together and make it work. Um, like yours and my heart works. And so this was the miracle of miracles. Um, she was treated like a single ventricle when she was born and we knew that that meant there were going to be lots of complications along the way. And so she was able to have that life-saving surgery at about 15 months old. Um, About six months later, we had all these like random pieces of things that she was not quite um, meeting milestones and she seemed to have hearing loss. And then an eye doctor of all things at this amazing hospital that we went to figured out that our daughter has a very rare disease called charge syndrome. And the news was shocking but refreshing because all of these weird pieces that we couldn't figure out about her life um kind of made sense all of a sudden and so today fast forward she turned 10 a couple weeks ago um she's growing and thriving and um we've had quite the crazy road um everything's plugging along like normal and then all of a sudden her lungs don't cooperate or her heart's doing something crazy and so um here we are today, um, four open heart surgeries, and like I said earlier, probably about 40 total procedures. Um, so that's kind of a little background on on our life, let's say.
1: Wow, April. Wow. I was going to say that that thing that people are saying now that's popular, you're not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. That's all anybody needs to hear. Wow. Yeah. That, that is just truly amazing. So what would you say to someone who's going through a situation like that or actually mm-hmm. any sort of difficulty where they feel like, oh my gosh, this is impossible. This is overwhelming. This is just what is going to happen to me my life. What What is your advice for them?
0: So when this first happened, I fought so hard to hold on to my old life. I didn't want to let go of my work. I didn't want to change things. I I wanted it to be the same. And so what I can say to you is you have to create a new normal. You have to take a moment or two or a week and mourn the loss of what life was like before the diagnosis, before the hardship, before the pain, before whatever that was. And then you have to create a new normal because if you don't do that, you become bitter and frustrated and you stop living truly. Do I have limitations? tons of them. Do I see friends and family from Thanksgiving to April? No, I don't. Why? Because it's too dangerous for my daughter. And, you know, I can throw a fit. And sometimes, honestly, I do. Um, But I could tell you that that's our normal. So we pack in from May to the end of November as much family time and get togethers as we can before we hit cold and flu season. And that's just one example. But I would just say that you've got to create a new life because whether the circumstances like mine and it goes on for a long time, or it's one experience, you still are different and you have to acknowledge that difference and create that new normal for yourself.
1: Wow. That is so powerful. I think that's such a, that's such a great thing for anyone in life. I mean, obviously this is, this is a huge adjustment, what you're talking about. And, and, but even for, people going through different seasons of life. I think we all have a tendency to do that. And so I think that's a great lesson no matter what anyone's going through that is so so good. And um I guess it kind of goes in with this next question, but if you want any to add anything to that, what was your secret? I'm sure there was a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of nights cuz you are human even though you're this amazing incredible person you and your husband and and your daughter and um you know, but what was your secret? How did you pull yourself out of? I'm sure there were times where it just felt so, so scary, so dark. Like what, what did you do to pull yourself out of that? Mm -hmm. So it's simple, but very hard.
0: (laughs) Um, Truth, keeping truth in front of me. I'm not talking about your truth or, you know, what feels right to you. I'm talking about God's truth. I'm talking about the word of God and keeping the truth in front of me. One of the biggest things is he sustains life and I don't. And so when I get worried and scared, I have to remember that, that he, he is the one who gives breath to our lungs and that beat to our heart. And so truly truth, keeping it in front of me and having people surround me who would pray that truth with me many times right before surgery. I would send lists to my prayer people and say, this is what's hard for me. And I need you to pray this truth, which was literally scripture so that, and I would just get it in my head. And so when I saw or I heard, or I smelled something that took me back to not a good memory, I immediately put that truth right in front of me. And so truly without God, we can't do it. And it's
1: not my words, it's his. And I, that's
0: what I played over and over and over in my mind. Wow.
1: That's so powerful. I, I know, I don't know how people make it through the day anyway, without God's truth and certainly going through a hardship like that. And so, okay, this is kind of an interesting question to wrap it up. What would be one word that you would say would describe your journey? (laughs) Um, this is funny. My
0: husband laughed. He's like one word. And I'm like, yep, I have it. (laughs) And the word is perspective perspective. I have been given the gift of perspective. Um, I see, feel, hear, do life totally different because of this. And to give you an example, my daughter and I were on our road, on the road to the hospital. She had an early morning appointment and we were driving into the sunrise and I was getting onto the highway. And as I was doing so, a car swerved in front of me. And so I'm jerking and breaking and doing all these things. And my daughter and I said at the same time, oh, wow. I was saying, oh, wow!" Well, because this person almost caused an accident and she said, oh, wow, look at the beautiful sunrise, mommy. And in that moment, I stopped because we both literally had the same experience and I could have either continued to be frustrated because I have precious cargo with me and you almost caused an accident or I could pivot and talk about the sunrise. And that's what we did. And so it's, it's changing your perspective because the experience was the same, but she totally blocked out what was going on and focused on what captured her, which was the beautiful
1: sunrise. Wow. That is so amazing. You know, you hear so much uh, people saying that when they're not going through a trial in life, they are not happy because they're not Focusing on truth, they're not focusing on the sunrise. They have everything "quote unquote" perfect in their life, and they're still not fulfilled. They're still not happy. They still they don't have that you know medical drama anything, and yet Mm -hmm. you have somebody who has something going on in their life that's really really um, something that they need a miracle from God, and they're more happy and they're more fulfilled because they have that perspective. Mm -hmm. And you're right, that is such a gift, and what a wonderful, amazing way to look at it. Wow, April. So, is there anything else that you didn't get a chance to share. I mean, that is like enough hope to live on for a lifetime, but is there anything else that you'd like to add? Just last last piece of advice or anything? I would just encourage you, no matter where
0: you are, to not do it by yourself. I think so many times a lot of our journeys can be very lonely. COVID has made that even more of a real thing. And so. I'm not saying tell everyone about what you're going through, but you need to pick those confidants and you need to do life with someone because God did not design us to do this by ourselves. So, find that person, those couple people and they 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 will lift you up when you can't stand and you need that.
1: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much April. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes.
0: And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570
1: and FM 102.3.